0: Good afternoon, fellow gunners, and welcome to another episode of Ken Talk. I'm yours this morning because as usual. Aiden, As it, guys? Arsenal
1: versus Newcastle and then Saints squared will be discussed on this podcast today. Um, first up, Arsenal against Newcastle. Um, it would have been a tricky affair, you know, charging for the FA Cup game where they sit out to stall and were did tough to break down.
0: Yeah, and I mean, look, both teams now this time around, uh, you know, went into the game. Uh, supposedly, with a full strength side, Arsenal started with Leno, Cedric holding, Luis Tierney. The holding mids, or box to box mids, would be within Party and Chaka, uh, Saka, um, Smith Rowe, and Obameyang leading the attacking side of the midfield, and then Lakazet leading the front line. What was your thoughts on the lineup? I to
1: see Cedric getting a start ahead of, of Bellerin. And then it was also um, good to see Party back in the lineup. But other than that, I think the team picks itself. I think Arsenal looked always looks at things with Kieran Tierney. So it was good to have him back. And yeah, David Louise, I mean Marie's still out. I mean, is Gabriel still you nursing know, his um, COVID or or you know, what is the reason for he not starting? But either way, you know, David Louise and Rob Holding seem to also have struck a good relationship.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, the game did start a bit, uh, not caged really. I mean, Arsenal did come forward, like, you know, come on the front foot, play the possession game. Newcastle were, you know, just chasing shadows at times and, and trying the high-press. But, I mean, look, Arsenal's passing was almost like just going through the motions. But, I mean, that it, it was almost like really, you know, both both teams really feeling each other out, even though it did look more positive like, as, a, as a gooner. But then, I mean, Arsenal had the first opportunity, great uh, chance that uh, um Saka creates setting up Obameyang and I mean I really thought Obameyang is just going to stroke the ball you know, in on 15 minutes and he ends up I don't know if he shanked the ball or something but it ends up hitting the outside of the post I mean he hits the ball across the goal I believe and then it hits the outside of the post and it just goes away for throwing and I'm thinking <laughs> yeah, this guy's luck lucky, any worse I mean you know like everybody's trying to like set it on a plate for him to score and, and it's just not you know, he's not getting the rubble of the green. It's good to see the team still, you know, trying to make things happen for him, even
1: though it's not happening for him. They still, you know, haven't given up open. I think it's important that, you know, your teammates still try to, to do that for you. And, I mean, it it's shows the respect he yeah, has in the team as well.
0: But, I mean, in between from, like, about, you know, 20th minute to, you know, pushing on to half time, there was not really something to you know write home about because I was trying to also jot down you know like little pointers of you know what really caught my eye or whatever in in, in that little period. But there was really nothing because almost like you had this little bit of uh, build up of gameplay going like from the halfway line, and then every time it would get so close to the box, the ball would either break down or a team like you know either of the teams would you now overpass or whatever, and then you know the position gets lost and the ball gets again. To a midfield scrap again. So I mean the next real big uh, chance then comes on forty four minutes when Darlo makes a good save of of Bamiang shot. I mean, it was a, a you know good uh, shot, you know, going to the top corner. But uh Dalo, who used to be a uh, Newcastle number three, I believe, and now he's now you know ahead of uh Dubravka, which is I find still a bit strange, but okay. And I mean he pulled off a a good save, you know, going into halftime and we say it no no. Yeah, I think
1: the, the, the worries you know, were happening again, not scoring at the Emirates against Newcastle in the FA Cup, you know, not scoring only well, ninety minutes at least, and not scoring against um, South, Crystal Palace. I, I think you know we were thinking to ourselves, Flip, you know, we can't throw away points again after you know we kind of getting ourselves back. I wouldn't say into a top four scrap, but you know, vying for this European places. It's so congested at the top that. It takes a run of two to three games and suddenly, you know, you you higher in a league than you are. So I think, you know, it was up to a to just get the guys fired up at all
0: time. I mean, you think just before Christmas, uh, you know, teams look like out of sight to us. And I mean, look now, like after this past week now, we, uh, we're something like, what, three or four points behind Chelsea now? And I mean, Chelsea's just tanking at the moment. So, I mean, it's not to like, play catch up on everybody else. Because I think, I mean, the way I'm actually going about it, I mean, I'm not sure how you are doing it, but I mean, for me, it's like every time I'm now watching, okay, West Ham is now next in our sights. Now we're going to have to just focus on, you know, edging them for that ninth spot now. And then I think afterwards then, you know, the more or the better the run gets with us, if we can, you know, go any better, because we're still going to have some uh, tough fixtures also coming up. But, I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, now you start, you know, just chipping away on that thing. So, but not, you know, where you're thinking, oh, yeah, top four is going to be the, you know, the be-all to end-all. But, I mean, I'm just thinking now, okay, next stop now, ninth spot. If we can, you know, overcome um, the next game, then we again start aiming a bit higher again.
1: You know, actually, we're two points behind Chelsea, believe it or not. Because I think they lost to Leicester after, I think, on Tuesday or Wednesday. So, you know, we're not we're even better off than you expected. I mean, with two points. I'm just going to give the, the context of the log. So, 27 points, Arsenal in 10. Then we have Southampton, 29 points for the ever in And Chelsea, 29. And then, like you said, West Ham at 7 with at 32 points. So, you know, it's two teams in front of us, which are in touching distance. And then, you know, once you get that, then you start looking up at, you know, West Ham and, and Everton. So... I think Arsenal have, have done well to pull themselves back. I mean, I know in hindsight you probably think, you know, we shouldn't have top points here and there, but focusing on the present, you can only beat what's in front of us now. I think, you know, I did motivation at halftime to fire up the troops to come back strong yeah. against Newcastle. And I think, for me, Party and Chaka were big standards. Even in the first half, even though
0: there wasn't much presence, it was more like them winning that midfield battle. Because I think you still message me... Prior to the after, actually during the half time period, where you were actually telling me also, you know, something that stood out for you was that that little intercepts they were constantly making, you know, party was doing it. At times it looked like, you know, a kind of lost cause and he, like, somehow just get a foot in and nick the ball off of people, you know, the creative ones of Newcastle like Shelby and then, or Jacques, who, who was like, he, like, his timing was getting spot on with the intercepts, the, you know, even his uh, array of passing also. He, I mean, I think mean, once or twice he did try that what I call the expensive pass, but I mean afterwards he curbed that, kept it basic. And I think as you said now they were not probably fired up second off. And I mean the, the you could actually see the the positivity from the first whistle in the like in the second half, where uh, Darla was in immediately forced I think 47 and he's forced into a sale from Lacazette.
1: No, definitely I think the combination of Smith Rowe, um, Shaka and and, and party helps because I think Smith Rowe adds and that he, his legs in the midfield because you see him defending you'll see him making a tackle even at the back and you'll see him bursting forward where Xhaka in the past would have to have done that so I wouldn't say you have to be in the attacking role at but yet to be more mobile I think Smith-Rowe's mobility and work that kind of st- works with Xhaka's strength so jaka can keep and do what he does best you know kind of intercepting and just um Anchoring the midfield off party and and Smith Rowe is doing the the hard yard. So I think, second half, like you said, you definitely saw Arsenal come back tougher and harder and with intent.
0: And I mean, I think another one was under give, you know, credit to also. I mean, I know we've been giving him loads of plaudits the last like three weeks to a month, even. Is again, Bakayo Saka, where where he's like uh, bringing out almost like a more positive way in in play with almost all our right backs that have now you know, slotted in because Bellerin, you see, looking more confident with uh, Saka up front like you know, in front of him. And now Cedric as well, because, I mean, the, 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 the sort of reading of, you know, where they, the, he allow, the minute um, Cedric does this overlap run and, and same with, with in the previous few weeks, then Saka almost like drops into a sort of, I wouldn't say right back position, but almost like a right wing back. So in case there is a sort of break, then he can do, like, I mean, he's got the legs to slot in at right back again to to do, uh, you know, as cover defence. But other than that, I mean, the, the sort of attacking, it's, like it's actually flowing on on the right yeah. side, and it's, it's flowing on the left, because Tierney and Aubameyang have almost like a telepathic um, reading of, uh, or understanding, because you don't see much of the talking. or whatever. They already know where each other's runs are going to be.
1: And remember, our attack was very really lopsided to the left-hand side with, when when Tierney played kind of as a... Third left centre back, and then you had um, Saka and a all on that side. And I think that's where our strength was laying. And, and, and I think why we kind of got um, stifled by a lot of teams is because they view you, you cut off that left hand side and you smother Arsenal completely. But I think now you have giving teams much more to think about. You have a, a left back in TNN, a Aubameyang now, who will give you the runs. You have Saka and Cedric slash Balladin doing the same thing. And Smith-Rowe now kind of almost has that another image. So you can't just leave players open and then you have Party driving the team forward. Okay, he hasn't been there all the time um, with a change in form. But I think you are seeing that different combinations in, on the field now where prior to that, William and Pepe were not adding anything. So you could leave them open because they weren't going to contract anything. So I just think um, you could see... Other different players are adding a new dynamic to the team, which is very exciting.
0: Yeah. So the 50th minute, and finally, Arsenal get the breakthrough. The ball breaks from a Newcastle attack. The ball, you know, gets smuggled out with the Arsenal team. Quick, slick passing. The ball gets then played out of Thomas Party. And I mean, I think mean, this is what you, you know, like I've now got to see what you've always been talking now about, about Thomas Party because he ends up, you know, just almost like bamboozing a few players in midfield gets that burst towards the half and then plays almost like this audacious sort of, I'm not sure if it was not, outside of the foot or, you know, uh, one of that bending uh, passes, but he just springs this long-range pass to Aubameyang, who, you know, is, already has the legs, already reads the situation and, and, you know, picks the ball up and starts, you know, doing this loping about 35-yard sprint towards the Newcastle goal. And I mean, by that time, by the time the defender comes to close him down, it's kind of too late. He does it almost like a slight little shimmy, and I mean, he gets the goalkeeper on his backside, and he plants the ball to the near post of the keeper, 1-0 Arsenal.
1: And I think it was just a very happy moment that Aubameyang could find the back of the net. I think he just needed that bit of confidence and belief in himself, because, wow, he's been really struggling to find the net. And he, you could see his he, work, it has picked up, but it just wasn't happening for him, but you know, happy for him that he found the back of the net, and like you said, 1-0 Arsenal. And I think when Arsenal go one-up these days, they start, you know, dictating the game.
0: Yeah. Because I mean, you could see Newcastle kind of, you know, rocked on the heels now because they thought, you know, I was like just seeing the game at 0-0, the more they could now frustrate us, the more maybe they couldn't, you know, get a, you know, the way we were punished in that, that real bad patch where we yeah. teams kind of, you know, just try to set us up with a 0-0, say for the latter part of the game and then bang, you know, sucker punch us. Um, On the hour mark, smith Rowe then takes on uh, LaSalle. You know, almost like the the way that we used to watch Robert Perez set people up. I mean, LaSalle is like not sure whether to, you know, close him down or, you know, just jockey him to to the touchline. You know, Smith-Row, in a matter of, I think, a few seconds, he just does like a little drop of the shoulder and he's passed. And, I mean, he ends up eating a 45 to Saka And, I mean, he really lays on the plate to his favorite uh, um, footy pal. And I mean, Saka brings the chance to no Arsenal.
1: I think it was a, such a good goal to score there. And like you said, not we haven't seen such build-up play in a while now until this little smith kind of was coming to the squad. It this shows what that kind of floating attacking midfielder does to your game. I mean, look how he pulled out, out wide, intelligent run. And, you know, beating the player as well. I and mean, then still finding looking up, finding Saka, and I mean, you know, I was a bit sceptical when he took the number seven jersey at the start of the season, but boy, does he deserve it.
0: Yeah. So, we move out, you know, with a 66-minute dollar, then, again, makes a save from luck, it because, I mean, usually the actually the busier of the two keepers, although, I mean, every now and then, with, especially a team like Newcastle, you also have to be, you know, on your toes in case uh, a counter comes. Uh, 67 minutes, we then do make our first change. Thomas Party coming off, Alnini coming on. And I think at this part of the game, at, at 2-0, I think this was now also where we needed to, you know, th- then almost like it, it comes to the Al Alnini sort of, you know, that little five-yard pass, little shummies to the back, where he does a little uh, high press as well. So then it comes into play where you can actually, yeah. now make, so it's not where, you know, when we are now always moaning about, uh, you know it's null no, and you still see him do this sort of playing and you actually want to drive the team forward. But I mean this time he played a more position position, um position game, looked more disciplined as well. And I mean of course he has the, I mean all well, know he does have the legs to to do a lot of running. So I mean it was actually nice to see that control and and you know where that also came that, that sort of strangle in the game where you could see it's not just a matter of time before you know Newcastle are you know gonna have to submit
1: yeah, it, it, it was almost like Arsenal playing cat and Miles with him because they knew that they control of the game and Newcastle had to come out to them and, and to change the dynamic. Especially getting the second goal because at 1-0 you're still kind of you know susceptible to, to Newcastle, the aerial ball and Andy Carroll gets to the end of it. So, you know, good move out of subs at that point, you know, it was good at the, like, you know, we always criticise him but I think at that point it was good to get party off. I mean, he did his job and, you know,
0: you can just slow the game down, but you don't need to, you know, rush passes or anything like that. You know, not to, not going to lie to you, you know, all our listeners here, but, you know, ever since that time when we drew 4-4 with Newcastle when we were 4-0 at, at St. James's back in the day, yeah. I still have that sort of weirdness with Newcastle. I mean, I know we got, I mean, look, we do have a, a good record against them. We normally do give him a tonking, but it's almost like you do know sometimes deep down it's almost like that one game, also, when, when Andy Carroll made, I think, I'm not sure if it was his debut for, for Newcastle against us, it was there at the Emirates, where he ended up also scoring the, the deciding goal in a, in a game that Newcastle edged us there at the Emirates 1 0. That's 1 0. Yeah, I remember that. It the
1: same season that they like beat us 1 0. I think this is like this kind of first Premier League season with Newcastle. I think they got promoted. And then, like you said, that 4 0 win at 4 4 draw, I mean, we were 4 no up, and, you know, we were chasing Mary Knight in a title race, quite, you know, uh, that should have been crucial three points, but uh don't forget that Abu Yaburi, like, you know, lost his eight red card, and, like you said, the rest is history, check the mm-hmm. eight breaking our hearts in the 90th minute with a beautiful strike, so mm-hmm. I guess the, the guard is always up when you play yeah, new card.
0: Yeah. So. so it's since 10-minute, in, in um, Cedric does uh, like a fantastic run on the right. I mean, it, it reminded you of almost like old-school uh, full-backs of Arsenal. He ends up getting to the byline, and I think he, when he realises, okay, he can still go on another bit, he ends up skipping past the left the defence, a defender of, of Newcastle. Just just manages to keep the ball in play. 45s as well, and I mean, it sets it uh, perfectly up for mean, just a little, uh, you know, with a stroke home. 3-0 no Arsenal. I think, you know, at that point we, we, we were in evidence because, I mean, scoring
1: three goals after two games with the drought to the evidence seeming like we we free-flowing goal scoring. You know, besides that zero zero, 0 we, we managed to bag three against Chelsea, four against um, West Brom
0: away from Oval, albeit. But, I mean, we suddenly to find the back of the net again. But, you know, it's something you and I mentioned the other day also, or a while back I some like a share also say how entertaining it is not to watch Arsenal because it's almost like we've not, not gone to that level where we almost like playing you know chess where everything is yeah. over overthought, and I mean it, it makes the play boring and we end up normally losing by the odd goal whereas now it's not like we will give you a chance but <clears throat> you get your, your your bottom dollar as they say we're going to come at you
1: yeah we're looking better than Liverpool at the moment yeah <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. so uh, next we made a substitution William it comes on for Obamiang. of course I'm sure there were many living rooms or wherever you were watching the little groans come up but I mean he actually did do a little bit of something I mean nothing to you know really write home about but I mean he was actually doing now something getting a bit more active there but I mean <clears throat> one of my friends mentioned this and, and I had to chuckle because I mean it's really true because he said, William had like 10 minutes to do something, and yet he was running around like somebody that ran for 80 minutes. <laughs> because, I mean, by the time, if you look at the 82nd minute when Martinelli came on for smith Row, smith Row could barely walk. I mean, you could see his legs were gone from all that, you know, that running he was really off the ball or with the ball he was running. His legs were gone. But as I said, with William, it always, always looks like, you know, it's, it's a big, big effort to do any running. I think
1: Pepe's days could be numbered. I mean, you see that, I mean, Bartonelli is coming to the fray. So you're going you to ask yourself, you know, where does e fit in?
0: Yeah. So at full time, we move then up to 10th place as we slowly, slowly creeping our way up the table. Hopefully that momentum can, t- can continue. What's your thoughts with the, the way we're now doing things now?
1: I, I think. Um, the way I take the answer to the question, you know, when you asked what's the way forward, I, I didn't think any of us would have said um, start Smith-Rowe as a, a attacking midfielder or bring him to the squad. I mean, we were looking outside for Isco or somebody like that. So it's kind of good to see that, you know, and play soccer on the right-hand side. And I just think that the, the, the football become more entertaining. And I think, like you said, by thinking more risks, you kind of... Allow the opposition also to have to realize, look, um, I need to sit back because if I'm going to attack, they could punish us. So I think we're installing some sort of fear teams again. And also, I think we have that lock pick if teams decide to sit deep all the time. So yeah, I'm looking forward to see what the season uh, you know continues. And also, again, the backline combination is going to be interesting. But I still do feel a left back, we need somebody to you know give TNE uh, a break as well. So, like you saw, Bellerin for Cedric. We never missed Paladin. Mm.
0: So we switch our attention now to the double yet against Southampton. We play them in the FA Cup tomorrow afternoon, or yeah, uh, early kickoff, and then we also play them on Tuesday evening. That's why we just you know making it all thing into a little bundle now. Um, you know it's you know the fourth round fixtures now coming out. Um, then uh, as I said about the league fixtures coming on Tuesday night. Um, Hasenutl, uh, the Southampton coach, I mean, he have also made Southampton quite a, a handful. I mean, look, they've yeah. got a couple of notable wins at, at um, where they beat Liverpool and they've beat Everton. I mean, of course, they've, they've just narrowly also lost against the rest you know of the top teams. But other than that, they are a threat. They have shown that they've got now even more character. And I mean, they've, they've got almost like a real tough sort of t- a team because... I mean, I'm not going to say like say if I can give a sort of comparison uh, the and there about, not to say that they play just like that, but at times it do remind me of, they play with the sort of art that Wimbledon used to do in the past, that, you know, the crazy gang, because, I mean, they got, you know, the people that, Vestergaard, you know, um, Romeo in them, and them, they are also key to it that uh, Southampton are where they are right now. And I mean, if you think of also that whole transition of, Danny Ings leaving Southampton for for uh, Liverpool, be, you know having a torrid torrid time now. They, like when he was in that stint there, eh? and then it was like coming back into Southampton to almost like rejuvenate his career. And I mean, look now he's almost like he's flying now. And I mean, now everybody wants him as a forward.
1: Yeah, Danny Ings is definitely you know the guy to to sign. I mean, I mean he would be a good for me personally. I think he could kind of you know push number like a jet for that. That number nine role, I mean, will give us that option to, to have somebody lead the line in the Europa League instead of Nketiah. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, depending, you know, you, you have your left-hand side of midfield where you can maybe go a combination of a Aubameyang and Martinelli to kind of, you know, rotate. Not rotate, but, I mean, you know, Martinelli could be his deputy if need be. And, and Ings with Lacazette. I mean, there's so many games to go around. And then you have Saka... And Martinelli could even, okay, we have Pepe that could play that side, but I would maybe even sell Pepe. And then you have Martinelli that could even deputize on that side as well. So you have options. I mean, you see Liverpool got jota Premier League ready player. And, I mean, you can see how they've missed him because when Firmino, Salah, Omane is not fighting, you know you have a reliable guy
0: waiting to come in. Yeah. But I mean, it looks like i going to the game also with injuries to vital players, um, notably... Vestergaard, Obafemi, Redmond, Romeo. And I think the latter three, if I heard correctly this morning, um, Obafemi, Redmond and Romeo might be a because 'cause they're not hundred percent fit, but they said like, you know, they might also want this FA Cup run like Southampton itself. So they might, you know, take the risk and play them because uh, as I said, they're not hundred percent fit, so this game could even be too soon for them.
1: I'm a bit worried, though. Like, uh, if you had to give me a pick-up fixtures, I would probably not want to take Southampton. And, you know, if we overcome Southampton, we get wolves. I mean, it's going to be a very tough game at Southampton and St. Mary's as well. I mean, it's not a game that I would have you know, wanted to play back-to-back especially, but I'm hoping, actually, that Southampton is going to go, you know, these players in this and focus on trying to, to get high up in the Premier League. I
0: mean, I... My main concern was when you think of the sort of form players that they have, it's it's like Danny Ing's, Westergaard, Redmond and Romeo. And yes, Walcott. And oh yeah, Walcott as well. But the, the problem is actually for them. Westergaard is the one that keeps everything really on lockdown in that whole defensive line. I mean they they do have some good that, that um I can't get to that other guy's name, that that the partner in defence. Um but for me, Westergaard is the one that actually keeps everything. And he's also that uh, that sort of attacking threat every time they have to go up for a corner. So, I mean, he, he's going to be missed if he now is not going to play. Because I'm not 100% sure. But I just know that others are, you know, it's a real 50-50 with the others that I mentioned. But, you know, back to Arsenal, uh, for us, it's just, I think, Sebaos, he's also got same problem as Marie. You know, that that, that uh, sore calf. where they're still trying to let it now. It was like fully rest out. But I mean for me the team that draws first blood um, tomorrow, I think that's also gonna have a big, big impact that's gonna, you know, when it leads to the Tuesday night fixture. I mean, of course, I know Southampton might do even more changes than say what we would, but I think our players are more you know, everybody is ready, even those that are on the bench that can just slot in immediately.
1: Yeah, I mean you look um, Gabriel will probably, you know, slot in and centre back if he's fit. I mean Belladin can come back into the team. Your, your only issue is, you know, you, you can have a, I mean, I don't know if Marie would be fit, but Gabriel could either play with Louise and then your, your, your left back, you know, that's kind of the only issue, because you sometimes have to, I mean, force play, get D&E to the ground, and you probably have Aldeni in the midfield, but who do you partner with? Do you get parties some more minutes, or do you, like, maybe you don't know, take party and Jaka in that game to kind of... Play
0: I mean, just all. To say, but I won't actually do that much changes because if you think the sort of minds, look, Arteta's always played with with Pip, like, as a as a yeah. assistant, and I mean, look, you and I used to always try to predict, oh yeah, how main city would go, and they would just play the strongest team over and over and over. Just maybe make one or two like think of one or two players, but that is it. They will just try to stick to, you know, the, the solid, you know, the team that almost like gets them the most success. They t- kind of stick with them throughout. And I just think to myself, um, would you now say, says, we put somebody like Willock in midfield, going you do no. that? Because yeah, I just think to myself, if you have somebody like Romeo, I mean, you would eat something like that for breakfast. the same with, with back in the day when, when you and I were talking about Hoiberg when he was at Southampton. Yeah. And what he did with Mr. Ozil, and I mean, that was, I think, it was like that time when they gave us a tonking there at St. Mary's, where Urzel was, almost like, just played off the park by Hoiberg. And when everybody else was doing like Redmond was causing all sorts of problems, either on the left side or on the right side. So, this is why, in a way, I'd be actually more feeling more at, at, at like in a, in a comfort zone. Not too much, but somewhat if, if I know someone like Redmond and um, Romeo are out.
1: No, no, I agree 100%. I'm um, actually, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of weird or sad as an Arsenal fan at this point to say that you're kind of hoping Southampton, you know, turns up with a reserve squad and Arsenal come there, you know, almost you know, as, as full thick as possible. But you wonder, I mean, Arsenal's front line, I think, you know, Pepe will probably get the game. I, I doubt they'll play soccer, you know, another game. Uh, and I think also, you know, do you let Lacazette like start or do you let the bombing start up front because Martinelli could slot in, but then you have a gap on the left hand side. I mean to do, do we force and get here into the team. So, you know, you just to wonder how is this team gonna play out? Because it's a catch twenty two. I mean, I would also go as full strength as possible. But then you look at teams that, you know, do Arsenal go for a FA Cup run and kind of GP, not chapitas, but kind of a risk, a, a league fixture against Southampton and Saint Mary's. I mean, they haven't been easy to take points from even.
0: I mean, like my personal take is just keep the, the Premier League squad as stable as you can. I think if you're going to do, as I said, you want to do any alterations or tweaking in the squad, keep that rather for the Premier League. Um, sorry for the FA Cup uh, squad. I mean, I'm I'm not, I'm not saying go drastic with changes because, like I said, the the defense, the reading of the defense is now seemingly spot on. The sort of reading of the game down the uh, left and right flanks. Looks amazing, it's more fluid now. And I think in the, in the middle, you'll say that's all sort, of, sort of solidity building between someone like party, someone like Shaka. And I mean, sometimes when El Nenni comes in, so as I said, I would keep it as is my for me, the my dilemma. Same with you, where you were saying, like, if, if Obama Young is the attack, would you stick out left? I would probably go Reese Nelson or he's Nelson, whatever, but I would not say, okay, to accommodate in Ketia, we're going to do so and so changes. I wouldn't do that because at least Reese Nelson is somebody that will actually drive at somebody with, with running. And he has a bit of you know upper body strength whereas I think Niketia just gets bullied wherever he plays.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I'm just looking at Arsenal's fixtures. I mean it's Southampton, Southampton, Man United. So, you know, somewhere along the line, you know, some is gonna have to be done. And mm. it's probably gonna be the FA Cup game and you know, I, I'm, I'm the type that some, and, I, and I know this sounds a bit too weird but like you know I, I would sacrifice sometimes two points you know for, for going through even means you know going through to the next round of the, the FA Cup not saying that you know deliberately I would but you know Arsenal can still win a trophy and like they can make up the points anyway because once you're at the FA Cup you know there's no coming back but that being said I mean you know three points in the Premier League will always probably to most mm-hmm. trump everything so be interesting to see our Thinking for tomorrow, and you know, I just hope that you know we can see a reserve Southampton side and we can get back to back against
0: them. Yeah, so we switch attention now to the talking point section of the podcast. Um, the first point: uh, Socrates leaving by a mutual agreement with Arsenal. What was your thoughts about this? Yeah, it's good to see him off the books. I mean, you know, he's
1: not that he's ever been a good servant to the club. But I think it's just a, a sad, sort of like a kind of a sour taste or bitter taste of how things ended with him at Arsenal. You know, was he, he came in, I think he was one of the players I was excited about when he came in the his first season under Emery. And you know? I thought he meant maybe Koscielny could could have built something solid at the back. But I don't know what happened the moment that Tete came. I just think Socrates was never going to to never just kind of fit in with
0: Arteta And nowadays they even had, you know, pasta up with the coach even. But I think it was also down to, you know, the sort of strong characters. Look, he's someone, I wouldn't say it's just strong character, but I think he's a very strong world person. And I think when, when you have also people that are, you know, when they start choosing sides and that between, say, player and coach, and I think it does also make it difficult for, say, somebody that's new to coaching like Arteta now, like, as a manager now. So I, I think it was also better, you know, for that sort of character to leave. But also leads me to another second point. Arteta, remember I told you a few weeks back and the listeners as well that Arteta said almost like a mole at the club that's like leaking info to the press. Yeah. And yesterday in the press conference, he said like he's got like a good idea who it was. And then, of course, the the journalists were now you know trying to do the whole fishing expedition thing, so they were now asking him, so does that are you trying to say now it's coming from, you know, the players that now left one of the players that now left recently, so Arteta just smiled and he said no comment. So I got the feeling it probably does come down to that. But he's actually one of that you know the guys that have left that that were the ones now leaking info to the press.
1: You know, I actually
0: thought it was David
1: Louis at some point in you know, the rumors, uh, or you know, I just had this anger towards David Lewis. Eventually, like it was weird because, like, I used to, I, I liked David Lewis. Like, you know, when yes, I sometimes moaned about him, but there's just something about him that I like. And then when I thought, because there was rumors going around that he was the, even at a pasta without titter, and he's not speaking, and he's the, the So I just felt like you know this anger towards Lewis. But like now. For some reason, I just feel that like it wasn't him now, and I just feel a bit calm towards him.
0: Yeah. And then, of course, um, we point number three on like was we now have been le- linked to midfielders like Odengard and Buendia. You know, I think it's more down the lines of thinking of, of cover for um, Smith-Rowe. But I don't think... You know, the more person I look at the, the you know, scenarios now, I think Odengard makes actually more sense because... Look, he's still trying to find his way in that Madrid squad. Look, he had a fantastic uh, season at, at Sociedad last year, last season. And I mean, I, I watched quite a bit of uh, Sociedad games and actually enjoyed his way of playing because it reminds me also, you know, somewhat of what we now see with Smith-Rowe, like, you know, off the ball running, cause all sorts of problems. And I mean, uh, uh, Odengard was also part of the, pro- the, 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 the... the with a mastermind in their win against Real Madrid last season when they beat him 4-3 and and Sergio Ramos lost his shit with... uh, This was at the the Bernabeu where they actually got mugged there by Sociedad where they beat him 4-3. And everybody, you know, I think he got major, major applauded for that game because he was actually key to linking up everything from the midfield to the attack.
1: Yeah, I think he'd be a good player. I mean, you know, who knows? I'm not saying we sign him permanently because it was a me a loan. But, you know, who knows? He, he, they could maybe form, and I know this is a bit far-fetched. But, you know, the Cherry and the Esther type of midfielders together because they're both ball-playing ball midfielders yes. and, and can kind of, you know, have the legs to do tackling and attack. And, I mean, you can even have a Xhaka sometimes or a party behind him to kind of, you know, kind of bodyguard themselves. So okay. It'll be an interesting signing. Six months to see, you know, what he can do at the club, and you know, who knows? Maybe he starts to fall in love with it. Because I mean, say by stars also seem like he wants to go back to Madrid eventually.
0: Because I mean, I think with Buendia, I mean, he's a fantastic player, but and I mean, he's also the reason that, that Norwich finds himself top of the perch in in the championship. But I just think to myself, I don't, I don't think. Norwich would want to mess now with their squad, you know, like somebody no. you know, to leave when they, you know, really flying eye now in, in the league and that, and I think probably once they, you know, wrap up promotion and things like that, then I think they'll probably think, okay, if a, a huge offer comes in, because I think they they would probably want big, you know, big bucks for, for Buendia when, he, when, when the season is over, if, you know, if they, you know, open to the option of him leaving. But, I mean, Arsenal could also say, look, we'll, I mean, of course, it's not just my talk, but uh, you know, we you make a, a bit of say 30, 35 or you know, something close to 40, but then you say, okay, you can have Wollock and, and maybe Reese Nelson to help you on your because look, they they didn't have that Premier League experience as well.
1: Yeah, that, that's a good
0: idea. I mean, you can even come like
1: a you know, like gentleman's agreement with Nari and now So say, like, you know, we will we maybe even loan Ketia to them this season, or like maybe an 18 months, um loan spell, or you know, you. Just so that you say, okay, you can have Mketia and maybe Nelson now or Mketia and then Nelson at the end of the season for a load. Yeah. But they just give us there when when the season ends. So like you're kinda of using the players now to kind of get them over the line. But you almost have that deal with him already, you know, where when the season's done, he becomes an Arsenal player and you know, you guys get to keep Nelson and Ketia for that season mm-hmm. and then you know, Arsenal can decide you now what you want to do with the two players as well. And then
0: I think I a final bit of news, something that you really surprised me with about a few hours, which I did not, not take note. Uh, with Matty Ryan joining us from Brighton on, on a six-month loan. Yeah, it was actually, you know, I literally just popped onto Instagram. I was
1: like, huh? I, I did not expect, you know, we were talking about a keeper and, you know, Matt, I know it's never somebody that... He's always been a consistent keeper, you know, in the in the Premier League. But, like, for some reason, for some, we always talk about Brighton's defenders, you know, the, the Duffy and Dunk. But all of a sudden, you know, Matt Ryan, and I, I think he's a, a very good number two. He's still young. He's he's only turning 29 um, on the 8th of April. So it's it's like, if it comes well, I mean, who knows? Maybe he could deputize. I mean, I would trust him.
0: In, in a lot of games. Yeah. But, I mean, you say he's still young at 29, but is this not because you are 29 and you don't want <laughs> to say it's like hitting the 30 marks? So.
1: Well, he's a year younger than me, so I'll be hitting that 30 mark, unfortunately, while he still turns 29 on the same day, must, I might add. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's a good signing for, for, for Arsenal. And I think, you know, he, I We have a good um, FA Cup run with him, so you can slot in
0: you know, and you know take on from there. Maybe add some silverware to it. And I think what, as you mentioned, now it's also nice to also have you know, somebody with, you know, Premier League experience yes. and even even like, you know Championship experience because that is where most goalkeepers most, most goalkeepers also toughened up. And I think he yeah. knows, like you know, he can handle himself well in the game. He's not going to be bullied and stuff like that in games. And yeah, I fully agree with you with all your remarks you made about him. Yeah. Uh, let's just hope, you know, a good like I said, a good cup run and we can
1: see him, you know, uh, getting us along the way. So good signings and hopefully we still have some time for a few more. I just hope we can bolster the squad. I think for me, you know, hopefully for the podcast next week I'm telling you that we have a good left back another deputy, you know, almost like a Matt Ryan to 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 you know to Leno, you know, like a team, someone can put that like that for Tierney and then yeah, I'm just another guy to deputise with Rowe as well, because, I mean, you don't want to have him injured and then, you know, back to square one again.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be good to have, a, a I think, a good alternate to Kieran Tierney, because then at least you're not messing too much with the squad, you know, yeah. balance, when you, you know, you're not just throwing in somebody that's, that's not really a natural left-back, because I think we do need somebody natural to play at that side.
1: No, I definitely agree with you. And I think, like you mentioned, the, before we end like, just like you mentioned like, it would be nice to have that kind of you know you take two players out the squad do take put another two players in but that, that transition is like so seamless that you wouldn't even say you took two players out so I think that's what we need to strive to get obviously it's a bit difficult keeping the squad happy but I mean Smith Rowe if he plays two out of five, every five games two of every three four games he's not going to complain he's still young so you know hopefully we can get that depth right and get that squad right
0: yeah. and with that we end the podcast we hope you have a fantastic weekend enjoy all the FA Cup games it's going to be a cracker this weekend take care bye
1: cheers guys have a good run hopefully you know, we're talking about the, uh, the first round tie and beating Southampton twice